Hey, welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. On Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview leaders in men's ministry to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors to reach men in today's culture, discussing issues that men face every day. This is a program where a men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. Hi, I'm Mike Salen, your host today, and I thank you for joining us wherever you may be in this great country of ours. I appreciate you uh, taking your time to listen to us. Everywhere I go, I hear people talking about character and integrity. You know, but what kind of character are they speaking of? And what kind and what does integrity have to do with this? Godly character and integrity is something I believe is lacking in a lot of men's lives today. And, and, and even in our young people because of one thing. The reason why is because I do not believe that many of us have had good role models in our lives. Much of what is happening in our culture is because men, especially young men, don't have a man pouring into their lives. The Apostle Paul told the young pastor Timothy in his second letter of uh, Timothy in chapter 2, verse 2, he says, What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men. And trust a faithful man who will be able to teach others also. So what can be done about this thing called character and integrity from a biblical perspective? And hopefully in today's program, we will talk about this to some degree. My guest today is Damian Cooper with Character That Counts. Damian is a high energy processing passion and vision to reach the one. Damien played uh, collegiate soccer at Fort Hayes State and played it and trained professionally for Dallas Liverpool. He served as a youth pastor at Grace Point Church in Lee Summit, Missouri, and he received the 2020 Mayor's Character Award from Lee Summit Cares for his efforts and service at Lee Summit's North High School. Damien has a ministry called Collective Company that works with the character works with character that counts, which utilizes music, speaking, and teaching to influence and love people of all wages. And by the way, one of the things I noticed when I was looking at this, collective is spelled with a K uh, in, in his ministry name, which basically means kingdom. Collective company rescue starts with Damien's heart after God to collectively see God's kingdom come and his will be done. Welcome to the program, Damien, Cam, uh, Damien Cooper. Damien, I, I, I'm glad you, you decided to join me today. I appreciate you, brother. Well, thanks, Mike. I appreciate you having me today. It's an honor for sure. Yeah, it's good. I mean, we had a mutual friend that connected us together, and and I appreciate him doing that. It is it is so so great to have people like you on the program who can who can talk to us and share about what's going on in in our culture today, what's dealing with young people in the ministry, especially with your your uh, experience and background and working Absolutely. with youth and the young people. I, I really appreciate that. But let me ask you a question. There's a couple of questions I always like to ask my guests before we really dive into the meat of the discussion, so to speak, so that people can get to know you a little bit better. One of that, what is your favorite verse or a life verse or a mm -hmm. verse that maybe even in your ministry that uh, kind of speaks into your heart? And, uh, and why is that verse so meaningful to you? Absolutely. So Romans 12, 2 is my favorite verse and it's my life verse. And it's, it became my life verse several years ago. And it actually translates into the ministry I'm doing now, which it's don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I want you 
people to understand this is when, when that scripture and people think about when you receive Jesus Christ, that you're transformed right away. And oh, yeah. yes, you receive Jesus Christ and you receive the Holy Spirit, but every day is an opportunity for us to be renewed, to be transformed. And I remember reading that for the first time when Paul explains, and, and specifically verse one before verse two actually talks about too, what living sacrifice, offering ourselves, our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So you almost can say Romans 12, one and two is actually my favorite verses. Um, Romans 12, two is the, the stake, but Romans 12, one explains the, you know, the meat of Romans 12 too, talking about don't copy the behavior of the world because, you know, there's so much going on and you know my background from soccer and from, you know, hanging out with, you know, a lot of teenagers and stuff, we can get caught up and wrapped up within this world. But God reminds us if you can literally change the way you think, becoming a new person and able to attest his good and perfect pleasing will, then you understand the destiny and the call that God has for you. And I just stuck with that for the last several years. And it's been amazing what God has spoken to me and my wife and to my children as well, the ministry that God has put me on. Oh, super. I mean, that's great. You know, you got that soccer background and, and in my generation, soccer wasn't a big thing. So to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand that. We were still wondering about those, about those gals and gals and guys that were playing soccer when I was back playing football <laughs> and, that, and, and basketball and stuff like that, you know, yeah, yeah. but uh, it's coming bigger. My grandsons are big into soccer, at least, at least one of them. They're big into soccer. He mm. loves playing that goalie position. So and it's a great game. I was a forward. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, I love going and watching him play too. So it, mm. it, it is a, it is an interesting, interesting sport, especially when you learn what it's all about. Yes. So let me ask you this. All of us has got a story. Yep. And uh, we got a story about how we come to Christ. We've got a story about how God uh, moved us into the ministry we're in. So I'd like for you to share a little bit with our audience, uh, if you would, about your story about coming to Christ and how did he move you into mm. the ministry you are in now? Yeah. So I grew up with a single mom. You know, and that that story of living on the, you know, what we say back in Salina, Kansas, if anyone knows where Salina, Kansas is, literally right in the middle of Kansas on I-70, uh, 50,000, you know, people within the town grew up across the railroad tracks. So people say, you know, known as the ghetto or, you know, the more poor side. And um, and one of those things, too, what's, what's really cool about that, Mike, was that as I was growing up, I learned a lot of different things, you know, having a single mom, being the oldest child, you know, having a little brother, little sister, you know, help taking care of them and everything. You know, my little brother is actually the first one to actually go to the doors of the church. I was always gone for soccer tournaments. I was always had soccer practices, always had something going on. My mom kept us busy. She didn't mm -hmm. want us to be in the streets. She didn't want us to be, you know, doing things that we're not supposed to do. So soccer was that gateway for me to kind of release everything. And I remember my brother going to a youth night, you know, a, a kids, a live thing. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to go because I'm going to chill. And I, I did not really want to deal with Jesus at that moment. I was about 12 years old. And I remember that time when my brother came back that Wednesday night. He was different. It wasn't something like completely like, oh, my goodness, he walked through the door in this gleaming light. It, but it was just like this this attitude he had. And he's like, you guys need to try it. And what got me there wasn't that the testimony he had. It was just saying they got food. They, they had chicken and macaroni and cheese. They had this stuff that they feed you. So I was like, if they got food, they're going to feed you. I'm going to come. So I actually <laughs> ended up going next week. And as I walked through the door, the guy that's standing there ended up actually being my seventh grade teacher. 
And I asked, I said, Mr. Cheeks, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm actually a part-time youth pastor, and this is the church I youth pastor at. And so he, me and him started connecting really well. He ended up being my, my track coach, my basketball coach, and he helped me lead me to the Lord. And so back in 2008, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And me and my brother and my sister all got baptized the same day as well. And so that was awesome to celebrate that. And then that's when, when I was 12 and from literally from 12 to now as age 26, God has really shown some monument moments in my life. And when I got to high school, that's when my identity, in which we can talk about that later about, you know, as teenagers that you're wrestling with your identity, trying to figure out who you are. And everyone knew me as this, you know, powerhouse soccer player, but I'm trying to figure out what else was I was, you know, being a black man, being all this stuff, you know, all this crazy stuff going on in this world. I said, you know what, what does it really, really mean to be a follower of Jesus? And my sophomore year, I actually had an incident that my heart collapsed and I ended up being in children's mercy for four days. And that's when I said, Lord, I need you now. And I rededicated my life back to the Lord back in 2010. And fast forward back, you know, fast forward to 2014, that's when I accepted the first call of saying, you know what, God, I am called to be a minister of your gospel. My pastor texted me when I was actually went in Dallas, training down there in Dallas. I was actually writing a sermon. My teammates can vouch for me for this, which was a crazy moment. And I was writing in Hebrews. I was actually talking about the faith. And he texted me the same time as I'm writing these words on a piece of paper and goes, do you feel like you're called and being led to the Lord? And, you know, and ultimately being a minister to the gospel. And I was like, the crazy thing is I'm writing a message right now. So absolutely. And so July 20th, which is next week, will be the seven year anniversary that I accepted the call to be a minister of, of his gospel, which is awesome. And so um, ever since then, 2016, you know, that's when I got ordained at age 21. And that's when I started getting ridding into it. And then I took on you know, a youth pastor position here in Lee Summit um, at Grace Point Community Church. And that for the last four years, God has really shown some amazing things to seeing, you know, young people come to know Jesus, seeing them heal, seeing things happen and seeing them restore with their fathers, which is amazing as well. And that's when, you know, last June, with all this COVID stuff happening, I knew God put something in my heart. He always knew I want to do something different. And I, and my personality being vibrant, being, I call myself an extra extrovert because I like people <laughs> and I, people give me energy. And so I, I shut myself in the house. I knew my wife and my two little girls were going to be gone for a whole week. So I shut myself, made an appointment with God, and said, I'm going to fast for five days and five nights and wasn't and disconnecting myself from everyone. And on the fourth day, he told me, open up my laptop, open up the word, and he gave me a seven-page vision of collective company and what that's going to look like and to reach one billion ones across this globe to see God's kingdom being advanced. And so that's how God really moved me from the beginning ever since I was 12. And then there's so much, like I said, there's so many things I can, you know, unravel for you. But now fast forward to now in this moment, that's where God moved me from, you know, fasting five days and five nights last June. And he's given me this vision. And now a year later, I'm standing and serving under the character that counts. Oh, wow. Wow. That, that, that is a lot of take to take in right there. And that's powerful what, what God's doing in your life. So it's interesting to me, every time, just about every guy I talk to, I don't care how old they are, but every guy I talk to, there's two things that seems to always draw them to the church. Number one is either a young lady who hey, yeah. they've got an interest in <laughs> or food. <laughs> come on, come on, brother. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that's what you mentioned about food. You know, brother, your brother Tal talking about them serving food. And, and so you say, well, you know, I want to eat, so I'm going to go. <laughs> so, yep, so that's absolutely. the stuff. And then all the other stuff, how God used you, especially – 
creating circumstances in your playing career to, to yeah. be able to create, put you in a place, basically put you on your back, I guess, for a while to, to the point of saying, I need to talk to you about some things. And yeah. uh, I think uh, God does that to a number of us. He did that with me too. Um, Absolutely. And I like your, I like your phrase about being an extra extrovert. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I grew up as an introvert. I didn't like to be out in front of people or didn't like to do things like that. So, but God pushed me out there in front of people. But yeah. here you talking about being an extra extrovert. I can imagine what you are like when you're in front of people talking to and sharing, sharing the gospel message with them. That's it. Well, you shared a little bit about how collective, how he poured into you about beginning this ministry uh, mm -hmm. uh, called uh, uh collective company yeah tell us a little bit more about it how did that really come about and how did god begin to speak to you in that life and why did he share with you it was important for you to to develop this ministry absolutely you know a couple of years ago when i went to a youth convention and there is actually again being a person of loving music and i have a background of dancing and you know speaking and stuff like that and so i always just love being on the platform and just using the gifts that god has given me and there is a dj that's actually playing during that youth convention and actually end up living here in kansas city as well and me and him got connected and i said hey the guys put this thing on my heart and this was a few years ago saying teaming up with a dj and just doing something different right just bringing something that some people say you know what how can you make the gospel more fun right how you can make it more about not only just jesus but make more inviting and you know last year when i sat there and, and as he started communicating and and as i started typing i'm mean, the reason why i'm using my fingers because i remember this moment and I stopped on my keyboard and I looked at it after page four and I realized something. I said, wow, God, this is really what you want me to do. And when he talked about leaving the 99 and to go after the one, as it talks mm -hmm. about Luke 15, that's where my heart was at. You know, I've always been a person that if I see someone in the corner, if I see someone by themselves, I just wanted to go and talk to them. I always wanted to go and just have a conversation with them. I just love having conversations. I just love having relationships with people. And so one thing I realized was that God was brewing something with me ever since I was a young child, because I always found myself having conversations with people, especially with people that felt like they weren't part of a group or they weren't favored or, you know, or favored, or they weren't felt like they were, you know, loved as or valued as much. And so when God put this scripture, Luke 15, four and saying, won't you leave the 99 and go after the one? That's when God really birthed this vision of collecting company, because then I saw myself as saying, okay, my background being in soccer, all my life, ever since I was five years old, I was on this traveling soccer team and eight of us actually grew up all the way together to all we were seniors in high school and we stayed together in club and all the way through high school and we just did everything together. We became brothers, we became a family, our parents, we did everything together. And so the word collective came about with the two DJs that I partnered with and we started doing some music ministry a couple of years ago saying, you know, what can we do to really bring out what the church should look like. And collectively, we came up with the word collective and say, you know, let's change the word in the middle of it with the seed with a K for God's kingdom, because that's what we're about, Amen. God's kingdom. And as Amen. you see this here today, this is some of our merch that we do now. And it's I am. And people say, where'd you get I am from? Was I am who I am? As, as God spoke to Moses, that before anything, God is. 
I am. And so that's where we really say, you know what, let's do I am, put God first and then put collective after that. That's the music part. And so when he came with collective company, I said, God, I want a name. And I, and I know this vision is so big. I can't do it by myself. And he said, Damien, absolutely. You cannot do this by yourself. But collectively, when you bring people together, bring people with different functions, with different giftings, with different talents, with different backgrounds, with different you know, societal uh, moments they had in their life, then that's when you can start seeing the church be the church what it's supposed to be. And so that's when uh, Collective Company came about. When people hear the word company, they think about business, they think about right. you know, people, right. they think about you know all kinds of things, what's going on with a group of our setting. And so I said, okay, let's call it Collective Company. And that's what the Lord gave me because he says, collectively, let's bring people's giftings, let's bring people's talents together, let's share the community together, and ultimately let's come as a company and advance his kingdom. And that's the mission of it, is to really inspire the next generation, to really transform leaders and businesses, and to ultimately advance God's kingdom. And you collectively do that together as a whole. Oh, super. You know, it's interesting when I was reading the information about what you were doing that you did not use the word ministry. And that was a great explanation there about why you called it company. And uh, and so, so many people will call their whatever they're doing such such ministry. But you kind of stayed away from that word a little bit to help people mm -hmm. understand it's more about gathering together as, as a group of people to to advance the kingdom of God. And, and I think that is terrific. Well, Damien, I saw, you know, I think your ministry uh, or your company, we should say, uh, kind of focuses on young people and youth. Can you just uh, talk a little bit about that and, and why that's uh, why that's kind of focused in that area? Yeah. So back again, four years ago, when I had an opportunity to connect with the superintendent at Lee Summit uh, School District, and I had a vision. I just wanted to come in and serve and I just wanted to get in there. And so he connected me with the lead principal at Lee Summit North High School. And as I sat down with Dr. Meisenheimer and connected with him and heard his heart and what his motivation was, which was serving. And I said, well, I just want to come in and serve you in any capacity. And so I got connected with the soccer coach because uh, I was actually jogging around their soccer fields and I saw them playing out there. And so I just came up walking up to him as well saying, hey, I'm a new guy, play collegiate soccer. This is here. You know, I'm, I'm just a new youth pastor in the area and just want to come in and connect with the students. And so uh, he allowed me to come on board uh, as well as a principal. And so I started helping, you know, coaching the girls and boys varsity soccer teams as a volunteer coach and, you know, started traveling with the team and, you know, just being there with the, you know, with the team as well. And then as well, um, there's this thing called AVID. And it's, it's a class called Advanced Via an Individual Determination Class. Mm -hmm. And it's for students for, you know, it's whether they're first generation college students or students that just need more mentoring or just needs a little bit more time to just get their work done and, you know, kind of focus on organization skills. And so I was a mentor in that. And I remember the first time going in there saying, hey, we want to come and help serve you. And at the time was my life mentor, Chris, and he he came and connected with me and, you know, with Mrs. Reisinger. And we came back the next week and she's like, you guys came back. Like she was shocked. And like, yeah, we're here. She's like, well, most people said they want to come and volunteer. They don't really come. They come one time or they don't come at all. And now fast forward years and years, helping them be prepped for, you know, you know, still helping with the soccer teams. And then back, you know, when I was back in 2018, 27, 2018, I went back to Dr. Meisenheimer and said, hey, I would want to just go and just give these students an opportunity to just kind of decompress. 
and we called a getaway party. And I brought the DJ in, and we brought some like Lloyd Debbie cakes. I brought like a hundred like oatmeal cream pies, Twinkies, all you can think of. And a hundred about 100, 150 kids showed up, and we didn't have no clue how many kids were gonna show up. It's during the middle of the school day. It's during their Bronco time, and we just said, "Hey, we're gonna decompress, get move away from finals and stuff like that, and just come and hang out for forty five minutes." You know, fast forward now, right before COVID hit. Um, our last getaway party, um, now it's consistently having over 600 students showing up during the school day, wow. coming wow. and just having fun. And, you know, Chick-fil-A, there's a, there's a local coffee shop, Post Coffee, and they all come in, in, alongside this, you know, getaway party and, you know, give free biscuits, free vanilla lattes. There's bouncer houses. We bring out TVs. We share in a, you know, a, you know, a positive message. You know, that's, you know, we can't obviously share the gospel right directly, but, you know, we give a, a positive message and saying, hey, we're here for you and we love you. We're in your corner, which is awesome. And so I've been doing that. And now this this past year, which has been amazing, God's favor, is that, you know, during the COVID season, obviously the students and the teachers been, you know, back at home. But during in Missouri, the teachers were actually meeting during the school time. And I went to the principal and with all this craziness going on with, you know, racial reconciliation, with all the stuff going on, I said, hey, I want to come and just be a, a bridge and a beacon of light for you. And we started a small group with six teachers, with about four or five coaches and a couple admin and counselors. And we've been doing that now over a whole year. And from that, there's been five groups of 10 to 12 teachers when they're small groups and now meeting and talking about how to make a positive impact within their school and within their, you know, atmosphere and hallway as well. So, man, God is really blowing up this thing. And it's been really cool to be doing ministry, at least I'm in North. And I just received a, you know, a, uh, a, a badge to come in anytime I and I want to and you know help serve and do things and to to minister to the kids and you know I, I'm I, I be aware of understanding you know you know the you know religious and the board and all that kind of stuff but ultimately I go in there and just be a, be a light and I just you know go and connect with kids connect with teachers and coaches and it's been cool I mean having teachers reach out to me and talking about hey you know can you talk about the Bible with me I've students pull me to the side can you pray with me you know having you know people within the school community saying hey I have this need I'm going on in my life and this this personal stuff and I just need someone to pray for me or just need to talk need someone to talk to I know can give me encouragement so it's just been really cool how God has opened up those doors and opportunities for me to be to be a light and a bridge for him and see people really come to know the Lord. And there's been some young people within the school to come to know the Lord, just do some of the ministry that they, I'm able to do. And then the last thing, which is the biggest thing that I feel like God has really put in my heart is talking about cultivating an atmosphere, a positive atmosphere. And so I started a program called Cultivate At Least Summit North, which is a curriculum I developed. It took over a year and a half to do. It started back in 2018, uh, 2017, finished it in 2018. And I put it, brought it to the principal saying, here, this is what I want to do. He actually got all the school counselors and we sat down, we talked about some students that we wanted. I didn't want all the, the students that had all the accolades. I didn't want all the students that just feel like didn't want to do nothing. I wanted the students that had the capability, that had the potential of being a leader, but just kind of the skins by through high school from freshman to senior year, don't join any clubs, don't do anything, you know, extracurricular. They just go through high school and that's what they do. And so I said, I want those students. And so I actually ended up with 20 plus students and I had a couple other local youth pastors and leaders within the community come and partner with me. And we led this Cultivate class, which we ended up going on a field trip and serving 
homeless people and we end up doing some many, many, many cool things. We talked about growth and we talked about shine, what it means to grow as a servant leader and to be a servant leader within your school community, as well understanding shining as a student within your school community saying, how much light are you exposing within your hallway? So we always use the light bulb saying, hey, here's a hundred watt light bulb. Are you actually using 100% capacity or are you just 60%? Because if you're only 60%, then 40% of the people around you are not getting what you can actually can give them. And so that's what's been really cool. And that's what's been, you know, God's been opening up those doors. So I actually had some other school districts and other schools been reaching out to me this past few weeks saying, hey, so bring some things and what you're doing, at least something open, bring it to our school district or bring it into our school. So, so, you, that, so you're, so you're actually able to get into the schools themselves doing, doing this. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't go in there and say, Hey, I'm a, you know, big ministry, anything like that. I just, it started with one relationship to another and one connection. And the crazy thing is, Mike, is it's all about credibility and right. because right. ultimately it's all about trust, right? It comes down to trust and who you know and what you have put out there. And so for me, just showing up every day and, you know, being a support and a positive role model to those students and on the soccer field and on top of actually Rod Hanley was a big person that was involved in this as well because he was the you know character coach for the football team at the time when I first started. So I shadowed him a couple of times when he was doing some character talks with the football team. So uh, my face was just present within the school way, school hallways every week. I was there at least once or twice, if not three times a week, and just connecting with kids, whether being a mentor or being a coach. And what's cool now, Mike, is I walk around the school and. I can't probably, and I told, I told my wife this other day, I said, it's cool is when you can go out in the community and you see these kids working, you know, their summer jobs and stuff like that. And they stop saying, Hey, how you doing, Mr. Daniel? How you doing, coach Cooper? And my, my wife's like, man, how are you knowing all these teenagers? And she knows <laughs> that it's from the school and everything. But she goes, Damien, that's really cool to see that, you know, God is giving you that opportunity to connect with teenagers and young people at a capacity. And I tell youth pastors this, especially being a youth pastor myself, I said, right. once you get right. into the, the high school or the middle school, you youth group, whatever it's 15 kids, whatever it's 300 kids, my minute, youth ministry went from 50 kids at the time to 2,000. And that's what's been really the quiz is that saying, how do I allow myself to minister? Obviously, I can't reach all 2,000 at the same time, but my influence of showing up or providing spaces and opportunities for them to get loved on is really making influence and impact within that school. And so that's how God has really opened up those doors for me to come in. And they they love just the, you know, the things that we offer with the getaway party from Cultivate and just the positive environments and the, you know, the role modelship, you know, being on the, you know, the soccer team. And now I get a good opportunity now to take over as character coaching for the football team as well. So that's super. I mean, that, that's good. You know, people are having, uh, I'm hearing stories of people having a hard time getting into schools to yeah. just develop those relationships, not, not, not necessarily to preach the gospel and, and, yep. and things like that, but just to develop the relationships and their, and their doors are being slammed in their face. And here God has opened doors right and left and even having schools invite you to come into their, into their, I, I'm sure there are, hundreds of people who would like to talk to you about uh, yeah. how God used all that and process that. And, and I like the fact that what you said was, you know, you're there just to be a light. You're there to let them to see Jesus in you and not necessarily yeah. shove Jesus down their throat. Absolutely. And, and I think that's probably a big key right there. Would you not say, would you not say so? Yeah. And I told, you know, I, 
I had many youth pastors come up to me and didn't, again, did not believe what I'm doing in the schools. And I told them this, I said, if you come with an agenda, then you're already going to have the door slamming you. What yeah. was the difference between what I did while I walked in was I didn't have an agenda. I had a blank page, uh, a piece of paper on my notebook. And I said, hey, what can I do to help you? And not how you can help me is what can I, how, how can I help you and serve you in a way? And that's, what's been cool. And you know, I use this image and you know, my life mentor says, take and give what you want. And I, that's what I did say, Hey, you take and give whatever you want to do. And I'm just here to, to serve you in any capacity. And, you know, that's, what's been, you know, awesome. And, you know, what's really cool is, is the lead principal actually serves on my board for this new uh, ministry and company that I'm starting. And so that's, what's been called out. You know, awesome as well. So he's highly involved. Oh, that's super. That's super. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get you into my area, one of my conferences sometime, doing a doing a breakout session on this process. I'm sure a lot of a lot of people would love to hear hear that. Absolutely. And, uh, we'll, we'll have to talk about that someday. But one of the things I want you to go a little deeper into, if you don't mind, is um, when I was looking at your website or at least your bio, because you yeah. got some stuff there. You talk about the four primary objectives. You got. Uh, yep. Kind of explain those a little bit, but can you can you dive into that a little bit and help yeah. us help us understand each of those objectives and why those objectives are so important? Absolutely. So the first one it talks about you know establishing a positive environment um, in the school, and because you know there's a lot of people when you walk around the community, especially when you have big schools that you know are rivals. And, you know, and there's this lot of energy that's negative, a lot of energy that's not positive and is saying, you know what, you know, we're about ourselves. And there's teenagers walking around saying, you know what, man, we go to school, we wake up and we do the thing over and over again. And living in the groundhog day, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Right. And so my, my, my way of thinking was, how do I make a connection and establish a relationship with the school community to say we're here to help you and serve you and to establish a positive and vibrant atmosphere so that you will see your school community constantly growing and moving towards an environment that is positive for your students to not only learn but also to grow as leaders but also to leave this place and to serve their community back in their local community and that goes back into that that second point which you know we talk about the objectives and understanding of what it really means to really use the, the platforms of, of TikTok and the platforms of social media. And, you know, and, and people don't realize teenagers are the most connected. This generation is the most connected generation, but the most isolated as well. I, it, it, it saddens me when I go into restaurants and you may see it yourself that when teenagers are sitting on their cell, you know, cell phones and their parents are trying to have a conversation. I was just looking at an image today that, you know, someone shared that their father was trying to have a conversation with his daughter and the daughter did not give no interest of him because she was so in tune what was going on social media on Instagram. And what's scary is TikTok right now is one of the biggest platforms that people don't even realize that's being used to spread so many messages. But we like to use a message for you know, hope, peace, love. And I mean, what's been cool is there's a story that, you know, using, you know, what I typically do on our TikTok um, messaging is that I just share the gospel. And a few months ago when I got done doing one of the, my message talks, and it's about 45 seconds to a minute, what I do on those TikTok videos. Right. And the mother actually went on there and commented saying, Hey, I just lost my son. I lost hope in Jesus, but your 45 second video gave me new hope in life 
to get uh, my life back to Jesus. And, and so just to hear that story, to see a mother that was just hurting, that's struggling and mourning over her son that she lost. She said, you know what, your message, which is Jesus, gave me new hope and new life. And so TikTok and social media can be used for the good if we use it the right way. And so many right now in this world are trying to use it in a negative way and trying to use it for their gain and their mm-hmm. access, right? And use it for the access of the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, which goes into that third point, talks about understanding of how do we truly captivate the audience of the young people, right? Captivate the audience of the young people. And, you know, with the DJs and stuff, we produce, you know, music and content for them to to go into a place of saying, this is what we want to do. We want to give you a show. And people don't realize we actually do live shows for, you know, youth groups, youth conventions, you know, people can call us and book us to do some things. And then those shows you get, you know, your typical hip hop rap. We do spoken word. I actually preach during the um, during the show as well. We have different, you know, dance stuff we do as well. We have crowd participation. We love the teenagers and young adults to, you know, participate on the platform, on the stage with us. And here's what's cool, Mike. This past June, um, we had an opportunity to be booked for a whole four weeks um, for a youth camp. And the last three weeks, we saw over 50 kids get their life to Jesus during our shows. And what was amazing was we stopped the show. We talked about Peter getting out the boat being responsive to Jesus when he said, come, Peter, come to me now. And we we challenged the youth to saying, hey, will you get out the boat? Stop being comfortable, uh, being like everyone else in the world. Stop trying to look to the left. Stop trying to look to the right and fix your eyes on the author and the perfecter of our faith, which is Jesus Christ. And we saw young people come to know Jesus Christ through our shows and and we celebrate with them. After that, we have a song that it just talks about jumping around. And those people that actually give their life to Jesus, we bring them on the stage and saying, and I, and here's the line. I, I kind of give you what what goes on in that moment. And one of the DJs is DJ Avi, and I say, "Hey Avi, I think I hear something." He goes, "I think I hear it too." I said, "These people just gave their life to Jesus. I think heaven is celebrating right now. Can you hear it?" And he clicks the track, and we just go crazy, and we celebrate. And those young people, and I remember a couple of them walking up to me saying, "We will never forget this moment that I gave my life to Jesus tonight." But then. Everyone in my youth group and the whole youth camp celebrated with me, jumping up and down, going crazy because I made a decision and the best decision of my whole life was giving my life to Jesus. Oh, and so that's what's been really cool with that. And then the last one is to really equip and to build the leaders. And watch, that's the heart of character that counts, right? The integrity, the character. And as a as a young man myself, and not having a you know a godly man figure in my life. I had to learn the hard way. I had to learn the long process way, but also God has placed men in my life that I'm so grateful for that has taught me, that has equipped me. And so God has given me a passion to equip other men to understand what it means to take on the modelship of Jesus Christ so they can imitate his likeness and to show their spouses, to show their children, to show those that they're they're coaching or they're leading or they're teaching within the classroom or they're even ministering to within the ministry that God is the ultimate man of God that we can completely say, you know what, God, I'm placing you on the pedestal. I'm taking myself down. As John 3.30 talks about, decrease me, increase you, and say, you know what, this is what it's all about, that when my spouse and my kids see me, that they fall in love more with Jesus. And I challenge men all the time, as the greatest gift you can give this world is your intimacy with the Lord. And I heard that a few years ago. And we, I'm actually going to be talking about that next week at TGIW of Rod Hanley's Character That Counts. And what's cool is, is that, you know, What's amazing 
as well, Mike, as I as I as I think about it, and I and I can't even found the things that you know what I learned as a as a young child, and I look around, and I saw so many you know boys with their dads, whether that's mm-hmm. fishing, whether that's going out bowling, whether that's playing basketball, and or just having those deep conversations, right? I I didn't have that. But what I did get an opportunity to now being a youth pastor or being a leader within the community that I have right now is that I get to have the opportunity with other young men that I get to pour into or my daughters that they get to see when I come home that they know daddy's here for them. And I've been convicted multiple times. We none of us are perfect. And my wife said this one line and, and Krista, and I just want to give her praise because she is a awesome woman of God. And it wasn't for her. I would not be sitting in this chair and doing the things that God has called me to do because she keeps me humble. She keeps me just in the right mind. My wife's I want to have a tendency to do that. <laughs> right. Right. And so, um, what was cool was Mike was, you know, having two, two beautiful daughters, Briella and Malia, one's three, one's uh, about to be two here in September. Um, I'm sitting in the car, sitting in the home with her and we're playing and she looks at me and she goes, daddy, can you open this thing for me? And to me, some people wouldn't think this is a big deal for, for me though, when I've been praying and asking the Lord to be a model for my children, when she, what the next thing she told me was was a powerful thing, and then that and then that's when I remember what my wife told me when we first got married. So my, what my daughter said was, "Daddy, can you open this because I see you as strong as Jesus." And when my three year old says that, "I see you as strong as Jesus," it just lit my heart, saying, "God, thank you that your whole characteristic is completely being poured out through me, and that my three year old can see that." But then it took me back to when my wife, when we were standing right in front of the pastor, saying, "You know, what I do." And once we said I did, we kissed each other. She looked me in my face and goes, you're learning just now how to become a gentleman. And at that moment when she said that, I was a little frustrated. It was on our wedding day. And like, why would you say that? Why do you want to say that? But then I realized she's like, no, you're learning how to become a true gentleman and what it looks like to not only to be a, a spiritual leader in the home, but also to lead a family the right way. And yeah. so I, I took that in the heart and I said, you know what, God, I want to. And that's why, you know, the mission and the vision of character that counts is in the integrity, doing the right things when people are not watching. What are you doing as men right now? Are you taking care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, spiritually? Are you taking care of yourself so when your spouse and you're having conversations that they believe that you're in those conversations, that when your children are at home and they have a conversation with their father, that they believe that their father's for them and not leaving them. As they're having conversations with your employees or with your coworkers and they're sitting down, do they believe saying, man, every time I get around Mike or every time I get around Damien, there's something about their presence that I love and I just wants me to pull. That's what's true evangelism is all about, Mike. I tell people, I said, it's not about just picking up this Bible and sharing it. It's what people want, what you got. Because if you have joy, if you have peace, you have love, and you have the Father heart in you, people's going to feel that. And they're going to turn around saying, whatever he got, I want. And that's what true evangelism is because then that's what the people get to experience and encounter the true and living God that's living inside us today. And so that's what makes it vibrant of just pouring that into men today saying, let's lead the way in the church because the women are kicking our butt in the church right now. (laughs) They are kicking our butt. And thank God we have powerful women of God. But men need to rise up. We have to move away from passivity and be aggressive and saying, you know what, God, you call me to be a mighty warrior. You call me to be strong. You call me to be intelligent. You call me to not only to be soft, but Lord, you call me to be like a child. And so I challenge men. It's like, yeah, what do you need to be like a child? Like, man, no, be like childlike because that's when you become creative. That's when you start being dependent on the Lord. 
That's sure. why our spouses fell in love with us because that's why they want to follow you more is because they see you depending on the Lord more than yourself. Oh, preacher, bro. So, <laughs> so, so that's that. Those are the four objectives, and then the last one, which is actually you may not see it, but I just added it um, a few weeks ago. Was the last one is really connecting and transforming business and and local leaders, and because I really believe that if we can get the local church and local businesses to come together collectively, then that's when we start seeing a greater impact in our community. And that's where I'm just been challenging and then just been focusing on connecting oh, with wow. local businesses as well, local churches and lead pastors and youth pastors saying, how can we come together? What outreaches can we do together? It's not about my territory. It's about the territory, which is God's kingdom here on earth. Bring it down right now, heaven. And we want you to obey this space. That's what we want. That's what we're seeking for. And if you have any other agenda, then you're not part of God's kingdom because God's kingdom it's all about the one because Jesus is the way the truth and the life and he's the only way to get to Christ not a church not a community not a specific pastor or a local business but collectively working together as a body functionally saying you know what I have something I can do here or I got a gift here that's how you build God's church oh man preach it brother I'll tell you what that is super and uh and I appreciate you doing that I, I've got to ask you one other we're running short of time here we're yeah. we're kind of have to start wrapping up but I've got to ask this I've got to ask you what when I looked at your looked at your bio you've got this paragraph this statement and it says the vision is to reach the one but hmm. the extent of this reach is astronomical your hmm. vision is to reach one person Billion, that's with a B, people. I'm not yeah. saying million, I'm saying billion. Yes, sir. Uh, to fulfill God's purpose through love, risk, and cultural relief. How are you going to do that, brother? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, man. You know, Mike, it's, you know, I remember walking uh, that last, last June and when the Lord asked me, saying, hey, I actually started with 100,000. And I was like, okay, 100,000, that's that's a lot of people. But then God brought my attention back in two weeks later. And I was on the same street doing the same kind of walk. And he said, no, I want you to reach 1 million. And I'm like, that's a lot of people. And then two weeks later, which was in July of last year, 2020, and I'm walking on the same street doing like the same kind of walk. And he goes, Damien, this vision is bigger than you. This vision is bigger than this world. This venture is going to only take me to do it. But if you have me, then it's possible. I want you to reach one billion ones. And here's the reason why. Because there's so many ones out there that don't even know their potential, know their destiny, know their calling. And imagine one billion ones being activated and watching this world explode into a revival, into a Christ-like epic center of being expanded across the globe of lights. This literally, just imagine yourself, right? Lighting one lamp and then taking that flame and then lighting that next one. And then all of a sudden, if you just take the oil and you just spread it across and it catches fire, right? Lighting one tree, all it takes is one tree to light a whole forest. But what it takes though to light the first tree, it gets to its core. And if you can get to the core of that first one, then that's how you will expand and like literally just show what it really means to really get to that one billion ones. And so yeah, collective company is how it's gonna take to get one billion ones because it's not Damien's company. It's not Kansas City's company. It's literally collective company because it's going to take a collective effort 
to reach 1 billion ones. And I cannot wait to see that young child that's five years old because his eyes were healed and say, you know what? You need to know Jesus Christ. And he's going to say, you know what? I led three people to the Lord. And it's going to take that young lady over there that's in school and she's, you know, playing soccer, but she, you know, tore ACL and she don't know what to do. But then she starts having this hope and faith and her coaches and her her teammates are seeing it. And she leads six of her teammates to the Lord and that spreads. And then you see that father that completely diminished away from his wife, completely just withdraw from his son, but restores his relationship and not only this restoration with his marriage, but also with his son. And then there's being a model of families in their neighborhood to understand it's you're going to see so many ways of God's going to completely expand his kingdom just through the works of the conversations through Collect the Company, through the, the conferences, the, the conventions that we may do, or just even just the small things that we do within this public school system, a teacher taking and moving to Topeka, Kansas, or moving across the nation saying, hey, I was part of something here at Lee Summit, and I want to bring it in this school. And that's spreading across that school district because they want to cultivate an atmosphere that will develop servant leaders to serve their local school and their community. And so that's how you're going to reach 1 billion once by the faith of the Lord and his passion. Oh, brother, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I, I just admire you and your passion, your vision, your zeal, and, and your understanding of the word and understanding what God has called you to do. It, it, it is just exciting. It is encouraging uh, to, mm. to hear uh, you speaking of the, of, of this uh, endeavor that you have been, uh, called to do and, and, and the quest that you are on. It is just a matter. I just wish we had more people like you in the world. I really do. And, uh, and, and, I, wow. and, and, and I'm not saying that to exalt you. I'm just saying that that's, uh, oh, yeah. that's, you're the kind of people that, uh, that we need, uh, to reach not only our young people, but even our, what I would call our full throttle men who mm-hmm. are in their, basically their, their 30 to 45 year range. And even our senior men who, who I watch through my ministry and what mm-hmm. I'm doing, I see so many men out there that I call adolescent seniors because mm-hmm. they're still living like they're adolescent teenagers. Come on. And, <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. so, but we need guys like you and I appreciate that. Well, oh, folks, well, David, appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, David, we, we, we've got to wrap this up. I, we could continue talking about this for a long time. There's no doubt in my mind. And we're going to have you back on. Dude. Yes, sir. Uh, I know we had some technical difficulties earlier in the program. <laughs> and uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Satan was trying to prevent us to be able to do this. And Absolutely. we're going to have you back on in, in a short time here so we can really do this completely without any interruptions, uh, prayerfully and hopefully. And, and we'll just see what's, what, what, uh, what is happening. Yes, uh, in the world of ministering to our youth and to our schools and, and things of that nature. Well, folks, if you want to know more about uh, Damon and his ministry, he's working through and with characterthatcounts.org. You can reach out that, that way to him. Then you can go down to, when you pull up that website, you can go to the, the section that says about us and who we are, and you can find him on that page. And you'll you'll see everything, uh, at least a little bit about what we were talking about that and how to contact him. But I will tell you this, you can reach out to him. Daniel Cooper, the number three, that D-A-M-I-O-N-C-O-O-P-E-R, the number three at gmail.com if you want to. And I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed when you hear back from this young man. It is super impressive. And, and Damon, I really do appreciate you. There's no doubt about it. And I'm serious. We're going to have you back. Likewise, on here, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to do it. 
I love to do it. <laughs> well, Central Conversations with Mike Stanley is a ministry of capefearmen.net. If you want to know more about us and what we do and listen to a past podcast, just reach out to capefearmen.net and you will be able to do so. If you want to reach out to me personally and ask me any questions about our ministry or about any of the podcasts that we do, uh, reach out to me at mike.sandlin at capefearmen.net. And I personally will respond to you. Once again, Cape Fear Men is a ministry of capefearmen.net. And as a, a friend of mine, as we close up, one of the things I want to say is that uh, he used to sit down with me and he'd pray with me. And every time we finish this prayer, uh, prayer time, he would say this blessing over me, and I want to pass it on to you. He would say, I pray that God will give you a tree to shade you by, a brook to cool you, and a rock for you to stand on. Hmm. And we just thank you for joining us here on Intentional Conversations with Mike Sandlin, and we will see you next time.